The world is a book, and those who don't travel only read one page. In this world that's filled with so much noise and information, how do we really stand out and be who we were really meant to be? In this podcast, we focus on injecting you with positivity, optimism, and strategies, all centered around helping you be who you were always meant to be in business and life. Be inspired to show up in your own skin to learn strategies, habits, and skills from others as we share our own life journeys and stories. There's no other you, and you know yourself better than anyone else. So be prepared to take away habitual tidbits, tactics that will encourage you to pursue and live your life, not the one others want you to live. Welcome to Stand Out Be You, where you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be you. Hello there, Tequila here with Stand Out Be You, and I am here with someone who I'm so excited for you to hear from. He is a husband, he's a dad, an author, course creator, teacher, mentor, a friend. He's all of that. He is helping entrepreneurial married individuals, new dads, kids with children under the age of five who really have a passion in life and also have a passion to travel. I have here with me daddy blogger himself, Ricky Shetty. If I did not fill in all the gaps, please go ahead and do so for us and tell us a little bit more about you. Sounds great, Tequila. Such an honor and a pleasure to be part of your show. I love the whole theme of your show, helping people tell their stories and to stand out. And that's something I've been able to do. So quick little backstory of me. I'm actually from Vancouver, BC, Canada. And I'm actually not currently in Vancouver, BC, Canada. And that's a long story of how we got from Vancouver, BC, Canada to where we are now, which is actually in Buenos Aires, Argentina, South America. And we've been traveling around South America for the last seven months, visiting every single country on this continent. So a little bit of a backstory is uh, I'm from Vancouver, BC, Canada, in Indian ethnicity, but born and raised there. I grew up there, I graduated from high school there, university there. And then after university, I was trying to seek out myself and my purpose and try to figure out my career and stuff like that. So that's when I started traveling in my 20s. My first big trip overseas was the typical European vacation. I backpacked around Europe, traveled to about 20 countries over there in Western Europe. And then I based myself in London, England, you know, working holiday over there. And it was just casual jobs, you know, waiting, bartending, whatever they pay me as what I had to do because I was in my early 20s and basically a broke backpacker living in hostels, etc. And then I started getting more serious about, okay, can I do this continuously, right? So I actually ended up going to Japan and then teaching English and then traveling around Asia. So I was like basing myself in different places. So first in London, England, traveling around Europe, then in Tokyo, Japan, traveling around Asia. Then I made my way over to Sydney, Australia, and then I traveled around Australia, around the whole perimeter of the continent. Then I made my way to New Zealand, and then I made my way up to the west coast of the U.S. and then back to Canada. And this was a seven-year adventure around the world where I actually visited up to 50 countries. And then when I got back to Vancouver, I uh, followed the typical American or Canadian dream, which is get married, have some kids, move to a house in the suburbs. And I did that for about five years. You know, uh, we got married about six years ago that we started having the kids. So we have three kids currently, and that's my big passion. We have our daughter, Rianne, who's five years old. We have a son, Ryan, who's four years old. And then we have 
sometimes or who's one year old. And then uh, everything changed and we can get into that about how we ended up leaving Vancouver to travel around the world. Uh, but that's a little backstory of, uh, you know, my travels and then uh, getting married and having the kids. So yeah, feel free to ask any follow-up questions. So how long have you been traveling, let's say, with the family itself? Because when you're traveling by yourself, it's a lot different, <laughs> I'm sure, than traveling with all of your luggage and your family as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. There was a lot less luggage uh, in multiple ways, luggage in terms of the actual backpack, but luggage in terms of the kids in a good way. Definitely in my early 20s, I was traveling with next to nothing, you know, five, five t-shirts, a couple of shorts and underwear <laughs> and, you know, like one pair of shoes. I got everything I need in my backpack. And I was traveling in my 20s before really the internet took off. I didn't have a laptop back then. So it was much lighter then. Uh, so why did we decide to uh, start this journey and how long have we been traveling? So that's the, the deeper question so yeah. like I said I, I'd come back to Vancouver after the seven-year trip around the world where I was working multiple places and I'd uh, run out of money I was living my, with my mom's place and then uh, then I met my wife I'm married and I, I started my entrepreneur journey at the same time and that's a difficult transition when you're actually getting married and becoming an entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is up and down and there's the, that formative years of marriage is very difficult because all of a sudden you put two people together there's a lot of budding heads and I'm sure you can relate yes and, uh, any of your listeners who are married will relate to those formative struggles in marriage until you really realize the differences and adjust and uh, meet each other's needs etc so um i mentioned domesticated that uh, korean vancouver was event production i was running uh, major conferences about social media about blogging about internet marketing i was running uh, different events shop conferences but really deep inside i was feeling a lot of discontent become a domesticated dad and I was yearning for this life of adventure. Not that I was like, I was happy in my marriage. I was happy with the kids. But this sense of adventure was gone because I was suburbanized. Seeing if my wife would be willing to try out this nomadic lifestyle. At first, she said no. Just like, you know, we have young kids. And, you know, like she hadn't done as much travel as I had. But then, um, you know, eventually I ended up convincing her to at least try it out for one year. And this is very much a trial year. Just see if I could, uh, you know, because I also had never traveled with anyone else for a long extended period of time. You know, I'd, I was married with very much a solo backpacker, that the uh, iconic backpacker who travels solo and uh, meets people as they go, etc. But I never done it with kids as well. So I had a lot of fears as well about how would this change with my wife and kids. So we decided to do it as a trial. And the good thing about Canada is they have this thing called mat leave. And it's actually one year paid maternity leave. So as my wife had the third kid, we decided, okay, let's try this out for a year. If we don't like it, any point we can always come back so we've actually been traveling almost this one year it's almost um i wouldn't say come to this conclusion because we're actually liking it so we're gonna continue we've been traveling for 11 months now we left in december 6 2016 that's where we followed our dreams to travel the world. And uh, so far, we've been to the Philippines, Hong Kong, Dubai, South Africa. We've been all over South America, Brazil, or Argentina, Paraguay, French Guiana, Guyana, Suriname. We've been to Colombia, Venezuela, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Chile, Trinidad and Tobago, etc. So, um, yeah, almost 20 countries over the last uh, 11 months. And it's been amazing. Obviously, I want to also qualify by that saying there'd be a lot of struggles. Uh, you know, the income's been up and down. We're working while we're traveling. So that's uh, very difficult to be disciplined and be productive in the midst of your travel when you're, you know, like uh, we're in the Southern Hemisphere now with beautiful blue skies, you know, it's difficult to be locked into your Airbnb and just getting work stuff done. But hey, you know, even here in Buenos Aires for the last week, we haven't done much sightseeing. We're walking around a little bit, but because I'm producing a summit right now and I have uh, quite a few work projects on the go, I've been more or less bunkered down in, my, in our Airbnb here uh, getting work done. So yeah, it's been about 11 plus months, almost a year, yeah. our one year nomadversary. Now I feel so special that I am one that's interviewing you like almost on your year anniversary. 
You know, one of the things I tell you, Ricky, is I've had the opportunity to listen to you within different interviews. And what I love about it is I've had the opportunity to work with clients. And when I'm working with male clients, one thing that I hear them say is they want to be able to do a lot more with their family. So when I've heard your interviews, when I've had the opportunity now to speak with you, I have to commend you because you're doing something that a lot of men, I think, would love to be able to do. And you're going around now and you're teaching individuals how to do that, right? So how are you doing that? Yeah, that's exactly what I feel a lot of people want to do. I mean, uh, when you look at social media, when you start talking to people, and when you really find out uh, their deeper desires, their dreams and their wishes and uh, what do they want for the future, is they want to travel. Or they, they have these bucketless items and they want to travel. But there's always a wish, a hope, a dream, a desire. But they don't actually put it into practice. And, you know, like you never know what will, life will bring. I always look at this a movie up. I, I'm not sure if you've seen the movie. Up. Yes, the movie Up. Yes, I've seen it. You know, a lot of people do that, you know, the travel budget or the retirement budget. And they say, okay, once we retire, then we're going to travel. Well, in the movie, what happens is the wife ends up passing away. And all of a sudden, the husband has all this money, but now no one to share it with and no one to travel yeah. with. And that's such a tragedy. And it almost brings me to tears because I don't want to live my life where my wife passed away or I pass away or we get into health predicaments and we have all this money but we don't have that companionship. And, you know, there's another great saying. It's like happiness is best shared. And, you know, these experiences are best shared with those people you love, you know, wife and kids, et cetera. So um, in terms of like uh, my big desire is to not only travel for myself, is to help others travel too. So besides my main uh, business and my main blog, which is uh, my main brand, which is daddyblogger.com, seven months ago, uh, it's called Digital Nomad Mastery. And because I saw all these people wanting to travel more and make money, I said, okay, I've already developed multiple streams of income myself. I want to start interviewing other people who have also created these nomadic adventures around the world. Uh, even like expats like yourself, you know, uh, from the U.S., Libya, and Guam. And we're going to actually have tequila on our show because yes. I love sharing these stories about how people have moved to different countries or have traveled long term or have generated an income while traveling. So in terms of what I do with Digital Nomad Mastery is I have uh, five different core products and services, everything from my private one-on-one -on -one coaching where I, I teach people about launching their travel blog and building up the social media following and generating even if it's their first sale online or uh, launching their first online course or uh, creating some affiliate income or uh, generating some YouTube ad revenue. Uh, so my five core products and services under my Digital Nomad Mastery brand include my private coaching, my mastermind groups, my online courses, I have four of them on Udemy right now. I have my podcast with 300 plus episodes and I have my virtual summit where we bring in 30 plus speakers and we do it over seven days. So those are the five core products and services. So I already talked a little bit about the coaching. The mastermind is basically a group of people where we meet up every week and it's you know online, people in different cities and countries and even different time zones, but somehow we make it all work. And each week there's a different person in the hot seat and they share a little bit about their problems or struggles. And then the other four members, they actually give feedback. And then the, the person in the hot seat has to basically uh, commit to taking action. And then the other people hold that person accountable. So that's the mastermind. Online courses, uh, you know, I, I teach travel blogging. Uh, that's something I've been doing for about five years. Teaching people how to make, market, and monetize a blog. 
So we can uh, touch on that a little bit here today. But I have a whole course on that. I have a course about how to get sponsored travel through working with tourism boards and travel agencies and uh, corporations. I have a course about getting started as a digital nomad and also uh, different types of digital nomad jobs. So those are all on, on, the U- on Udemy. And I'm sure Tequila will have those in the show notes. And then my podcast is, uh, I'm making income a certain way, but other people are making incomes a whole different way. And they're also living nomadically. Some people are virtual assistants. Some people are doing social media marketing and management. Some people are doing SEO and some people are doing ESL teaching. uh, something like VIP kid. And the the people doing website design and graphic design and they're doing IT. Some people are even working for a corporate job, but working remotely. So just join us about uh, the different ways that you can make money online while traveling. And then finally, it's a virtual summit. So hopefully we got all through, uh, through all that without any Wi-Fi. Uh, once again, for you. That's why we have the editors, right? They can go in and clean this up for us. They're the ones who, too, could be digital nomads that are actually doing the editing for us. <laughs> there you go. A plug for the video editors. You can do that from everywhere in the world. Uh, you can do graphic design from anywhere in the world. Video editing, podcast editing, uh, right? Yes. So, uh, there you go. Speaking of that, you have an entire shetty operation going on. It's like a corporation. Tell me, do you have like your extended individuals helping you? Like, do you have a huge team that's doing this for you? Or is it all like one, I'm the man? <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, uh, the entrepreneurship is never a solo journey. You might be starting a business alone, but you always have help and support like the mastermind group and uh, business partners and joint venture partners, strategic alliances. I might outsource things. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it's still kind of me uh, as the director. And yeah. I'm right wearing those many hats that a lot of entrepreneurs wear. Uh, but definitely, I try to focus on my strengths and delegate my weaknesses. Yeah. It's not my strength. It's not my job, as they say. So definitely there's a whole team of people, but no staff in the traditional sense of the word. But yeah, definitely a lot of people who've helped me along in this entrepreneur journey and continue to do so. Even in like I'm actually running a virtual summit and there's quite a few few people who've helped me put that on. So uh, shout out to all of these people. If I started naming them, we'd go on until midnight or so. (laughs) You know, Ricky, tell me, let's get more uh, back into your family. And with traveling, what do you see that it's done for your, let's say your children? What has it done for them? Oh, you know, like uh, travel has changed in so many ways. At the end of the day, it's actually hard to vocalize or verbalize what and how travel actually changes you. But it's really opened up my kids. Uh, actually, on my podcast, you'll see my daughter actually hopping on the show and she'll do the introductions and she's learning so many things like confidence and interviewing people and talking to strangers. So she's very much part of my business. I'm not in the traditional sense of the word working at a nine to five job and I bring my daughter and sons to my work one you know that take your kids to work week or take your kids to work day they're literally part of my business and work and our travels every single day because we're working while traveling in our homes the the airbnbs that we travel so it's definitely opened them up you know my daughter's kind of been a social butterfly all her life uh, all of her five young years of life and my son like he was a very much an introverted uh, guy back in vancouver Uh, he was in preschool and he wouldn't talk to the kids much and uh, now that we've been traveling he's really blossomed and opened up because because we're uh, like, you, you know, on long bus rides, or we actually uh, do a lot of volunteering, we'll stay in orphanages and stuff like that. And he's got this confidence and it's, it's, it's really great to see him blossom. And obviously they're, they're learning a lot. Uh, one of my, our greatest memories from this trip was we actually volunteering in an orphanage in uh, Medellin, Colombia. It was called YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And when we were staying there and, and uh, volunteering there, I suggested to my kids, I was like, you know, 
these kids here, they don't have parents and they're, they've all been brought together and there's staff who's actually taking care of them and they don't have much toys. You know, would you be willing to give some of your toys to them to make them happier? And they're like, yes. And I was like, I was like, did I hear you guys? You want to give away your toys to them? And they actually selected uh, all the toys and they actually just kept a few of their personal favorites, you know, so stuff they brought from Vancouver and they actually put them all in a basket. And then there were the lines of the orphans and they actually started handing them one by one. And I was actually in tears when I saw that moment yeah. because my kids had learned the power of generosity and giving and not everyone is privileged as the, the people in the West. So, right. oh, so many life lessons, you know, like they've learned about Nelson Mandela by traveling to South Africa, not from a book. Uh, they learned about animals from going on an animal safari, not from a zoo. And they're learning about, uh, you know, like how, how different cultures interrelate to each other and there's different languages. And our kids are learning Spanish now as we travel around South America. So the list is endless, Tequila. They've learned a lot. Our family's really bonded. And we're just learning what an amazing world we all live in in terms of so many things, in terms of the natural beauty, in terms of the man-made architectural wonders like Machu Picchu and Borobudur and Angkor Wat and, you know, the Great Wall of China and the Giza pyramids. There's so many architectural wonders that are man has created and uh you know we're learning about all these the different people in the world the different cultures different food it, it isn't it's such an amazing world i think augustine said this the world is a book and those who don't travel only read one page it is so so true and i, I asked that question only because that's what we have tried to do with our kids is to expose them to countries so every christmas we would travel since my son's been three to a different country to see how they celebrate Christmas. I grew up only reading about all this in books. So like you said, is to pull that out of the book and to give it, it's just a whole totally different way about doing things. It's experience. You're exposing them. You're already traveling the world, but how do you want to impact the world? You know, I mean, there's a cliche, I want to leave the world a better place as I find it. But uh, at the end of the day, the only way I can impact the world is by, you know, changing myself. And uh, I realize I can never change anyone else. The only thing I can do is live my own passions and my own dreams. And uh, by doing that, by really living wholeheartedly, that will actually inspire others to follow their dreams and their passions and their adventures as well. And I've literally got emails and social media messages and uh, blog post comments and uh, YouTube comments about how people have been inspired and how they want to travel. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like, uh, even if I've impacted just one person, it's been all worth it. But, uh, yeah, they've been amazing testimonies of how people have actually been transformed through a blog and through a social media, YouTube channel. And even my coaching, like uh, I talked to some of my clients who have a lot of fears and, you know, fear is a very normal part of life. And it's a very normal part of, uh, you know, uh, being a nomad because safety and security is a, is a good thing and it's a comfortable thing. A lot of us don't want to leave that. And sometimes I don't want to leave that too. And I want to stay in my safety and security a lot too, right? So overcoming their fears and all that. And when I see that I've helped someone break through their fear yeah. and smash through those walls, those mental walls, those emotional walls, those kind of the blind sides, yeah. that is so rewarding and enriching. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to leave the uh, world a better place uh, as I found it. And my big goal of the day is to actually destroy the divorce rate. A uh, quick little backstory here is my parents actually end up divorcing. It left me quite broken tequila. I was a broken child with a lot of issues with my identity and confidence and self-esteem. I grew up, uh, you know, like very shy. Uh, right now I'm pretty bubbly and energetic and outgoing, but I was a shy kid in high school. So one of my big passions is actually to, uh, you know, uh, build strong marriages. 
and families and build strong fathers because I'm kind of traditional in the sense I believe that the dad's kind of the head of the household and if the dad's broken the whole family's going to be broken it's going to affect the wife and when they they say you know happy wife happy life right when my wife's not happy no one's happy so if mom and dad happy in terms of like if we can have a happy marriage our kids are going to be happy as well and if we have a dysfunctional marriage our kids are going to be affected as well so that's one of my big passions as well building strong fathers marriages and families yeah, that's awesome because it's needed. When you think about this internet world that we are both existing in and everyone else comes to be spectators, if they are spectating, you see a lot of it centered around women. Is it true? Do you agree or not agree? If that's from your perspective, can you elaborate a little bit more? Part of the reason I started daddyblogger.com is when I was looking for resources for dads, most of the resources for parents are from a mom's perspective. And there's nothing wrong with that. Moms are the nurturers. Uh, they need a lot of resources because it's amazing. You know, what do you guys do? Women, I just want to give you a salute. You know, uh, the journey of pregnancy and uh, childbirth is very uh, laborious, literally and figuratively. But, uh, you know, just that whole process. So obviously there are a lot of resources for moms. Uh, and there needs to be. But what about dads? Not only do moms' lives change when they have kids, but so do dads. Dads aren't just the providers, protectors as they have been in the past. But dads need to be very present and active in the life of the kids and also in the life of the, the wife or the spouse, uh, you know, taking care of them, helping out, uh, you know, with the kids. So I definitely think that the, the parenting resources are skewed towards moms. <laughs> so I just saw that there was a huge need. That's why I started the blog, daddyblogger.com. I actually wrote a book as well, all about fatherhood. And in Vancouver, I was running a group for dads. So, yeah, I definitely think um, a lot of the resources nowadays are moms and women. And uh, by the way, women are also much more willing to get help. As <laughs> yes. men, we're bullheaded. And we, we, know, we, we typically don't like to admit that we have those fears, insecurities. But I'm very much open. And people like that, actually. People like the fact that I'm just very open, transparent about my wounds, my brokenness, my childhood, my past. They're like, man, you know, if you've gone through all those things, I like I, I grew up in battered women's shelters and, uh, you know, like didn't have a, I had a very dysfunctional child more shy and now yeah you're happily married with three kids traveling the world and if you can do that ricky so can i and i truly believe that if one person can do it so can everyone i'm gonna ask you what's been the highlight of all of this because it's been like a year now almost i'm already claiming the year because i feel like i'm like someone special that's been like almost on your anniversary here but what's been the highlight of all of it there's not just one highlight, there's multiple, multiple, multiple highlights. I just turned 40 this year. I know I look only in my 20s, but I'm actually... <laughs> so as I turned 40 this year, one of my big bucket items was to do an animal safari. I've uh, always wanted to do it. I've seen animals in the, the zoos, and I've been always wondering, how is it like to be in a Jeep and seeing that animals up close? So for my 40th birthday, I actually ended up being in Kruger National Park. And uh, Kruger National Park is in South Africa, and it's one of the major game drives or uh, animal safaris in the world. And we actually got to celebrate my birthday in the game drive uh, you know my wife actually organized the cake and uh, all of these uh, South African people they came out dancing and singing in the African tribal language and then they came out and uh, put the cake on my table and then my wife was videotaping and she's like Ricky how do you feel and uh, at that point I was speechless I was actually in tears and I have this video on my YouTube channel I was actually speechless and uh, you know I talk really fast and I, I, I I'm pretty good at talking normally because I do interviews and I do speaking training coaching etc but at this point, I was speechless. I was floored because I realized that my dream had come true. I had been wanting to go there for so long, and I did. And that was one major highlight. Igwazu Falls, 
the biggest waterfalls in the world. It was another major highlight in uh, Brazil-Argentina border. And then uh, Amazon uh, rainforest was another major highlight. And then Machu Picchu, that was one of my big uh, bucket list items. I'm a big vision board guy. So back in our apartment in Vancouver, BC, Canada, we actually had vision boards all along the hallway. I, I, I done a vision board in 2012 when we got married, 2013, 2014, 2015, oh, 2016. Wow. And Machu Picchu was always up there. And then when I look back at the, my visions for traveling and this kind of birth in those visions uh, back in like 2012, mm-hmm. here we are in 2017. And those visions that I put on my wall and looked at and proclaimed have finally come true. So important to have those visions and get them out. Even if it's from journaling, whatever it is, it's so good to have it out there and just reflect back on it. That's really amazing, Ricky. So with all of this that's happened, I mean, I see and I hear your story and you're working with individuals and you're helping them with getting to a point where they are able to do similar things for their families as well. Who has inspired you to do all of this? Many, 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 many people have led the way before me. And uh, there's a saying, the best way to know the path ahead is ask those who have done it before me. So I'm not the first family. I'm not the first dad who's traveling around the world with my wife and kids. But there have been uh, several others. Some have been doing it for five years, 10 years and up. Uh, you know, I can think of my friend Erin Bender. She's actually from Australia. She's been traveled to like 80 countries for the husband and kids. Uh, you know, that's phenomenal. I can think of Why Travel Blog, Craig and Kaz. Uh, you know, they've been traveling around the world. Uh, they're uh, from Australia and uh, now they're uh, in the U.S. I road tripping around the world. Um, and, and I actually listened to several podcasts. You know, we're both podcasters here. Back in Canada, when I was planning the trip, and we, when we were doing our, the planning, the logistics, the mindset, Preparation. We actually surround ourselves by positive podcasts all about uh, traveling families. So shout out to a couple of those. One is called the Family Adventure Podcast. Shout mm-hmm. out to uh, those guys. Uh, and also shout out to an epic adventure. Uh, sorry, an epic education. It talks all about how to homeschool, world school when you're on the road. So both of those guys, Kevin Way and Jason Jenkins, they have great podcasts if you're interested in this whole topic of travel blogging. So those have been some of my inspirations, Tequila. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll link all of this. I mean, Ricky has given us so much. So I'll link everything, I promise, listeners, in the show notes. <laughs> so Ricky, tell us an individual who's interested in learning more about traveling and making, changing their life while traveling, even if they want to take their family out on the road and start traveling, how could they learn this, a little bit more about doing this from you? Where could they find you? Yeah, so I'm going to give you four quick steps right now, and then obviously you can find out more about me on, uh, on my website, my coaching, my master mining my online courses etc but i want to leave you uh, your listeners with these four steps what are the four steps to travel the world and i hope this is practical and uh, tangible for people so it's not just airy fairy pie in the sky kind of stuff but it's like something tangible that people can work towards doing so there's four steps to travel the world and i'm going to elaborate on them but uh, saving selling getting sponsors and getting a salary an online or multiple streams of income online so i'm going to elaborate on those uh, to some degree here uh, so in terms of uh, saving so you got to start saving for your travel dreams because if you just keep wishing and desiring for them, then it's never going to happen because you need money to travel. You need money for the plane ticket, the hotels, you need money for the sightseeing, the attractions, for the food when you're traveling, etc. So you need to set aside a certain amount every month. And maybe it's as little as like 10 bucks or 20 bucks a month. Maybe it's as little as 50 bucks or 100 bucks a month. But over the course of the year, if you're saving like, um, you know, just say like a round number here, 100 bucks a month. All of a sudden, it's like 1200 and you can get a, a ticket to most places around the world for 1200 right? So just start saving a certain amount from your monthly budget towards your travel goals. And don't touch that money. Put in a different bank or a different account. Put in a piggy bank. Lock it up with a safe. 
give the keys to your wife, et cetera, right? So, uh, you know, definitely start saving for the travel budget. First, you got to save and then you got to start selling. Uh, you got to figure out what you're going to sell. If you're going to be going uh, gung-ho, going full Monty and selling everything and traveling the world, which a lot of people do, then you got to start selling the big items, uh, you know, the house, the car, the furniture, the technology. But if you're not going that extreme, maybe you're just going to be traveling for a shorter time. You know, when I'm talking long term, I'm thinking like a year or five years or beyond, right? Or basically like uh, maybe selling your home and moving into RV, traveling around the, you know, North America or becoming nomadic or becoming an expat like you. That's what I'm referring to when you're selling everything. But if you don't want to do that, uh, you can start by selling the things you don't need because most of us, have too much stuff. And when you really do your inventory, you'll realize you have too much stuff. And I'd rather have uh, other people's cash and uh, they have my stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we basically sold a lot of our stuff on things like Craigslist and Kijiji. And, uh, you know, that will obviously help you fund your travel to some degree. You can't rely on your savings or, you know, the selling alone. You got to build up your salary as well when you're on the road. So saving and selling. And then a sponsorship. So I teach a system. It's called how to make, market, and monetize your blog. Uh, so building up a brand marketing that brand, building up your readership, and then getting sponsors, uh, corporate sponsors. Uh, the ways to monetize a blog include creating and selling your own products on your blog, doing affiliate marketing on your blog, getting sponsors and advertising on your blog, getting sponsored posts, etc. And then the last thing is getting a salary. Or I always teach something called multiple streams of online income because if you just get one source of income, unless it's stable where you're getting paid by a company, like basically working remotely for a company, then you're okay. But if you're just relying on one stream, of the entrepreneurial income, you're going to be in trouble unless it's built up to be stable because there are going to be months where it goes ups and down, right? So I would recommend this whole multiple streams of income approach, uh, kind of like patchwork. You're getting a stream income here and here and here. It might be a 500 here, 800 here, 1,000 here. But sooner or later, when you build up all these few hundreds, yeah. it's no longer <laughs> hundreds, it's a thousand. And especially if you're traveling in places like Southeast Asia, South America, Africa, your money goes a long way. Long in North America, way. in Europe, <laughs> In Australia, it's very expensive. So uh, definitely recommend going to cheaper places if you're going to be traveling long term. That's why you look at the big digital nomad hubs. They're in places like Chiang Mai, Thailand. They're in Bali, Indonesia. They're in Medellin, Colombia. Because these are the cheaper Thailand. parts of the world we can get. Yeah. yeah, Thailand, that's what I was saying. Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai, Thailand. Yes. Yeah, so these kind of places around the world that your, your dollar will go a long way. So getting multiple streams of online income, uh, you, you got to figure out your skill set. You got to figure out what people are willing to pay for and start serving your, your network and start serving, you know, like if you have a blog or your social media, find out what people are looking for and what people are willing to pay for, right? So basically you can do things like, um, I can uh, list off a few different ways. On my show, I've literally interviewed 300 people. So there, and I've actually made a list of 100 plus different types of, online income you can do everything from coaching to consulting to masterminding to online courses to teaching esl online uh, to doing graphic design web design we talked earlier about doing like video editing it programming coding app development and so on and so forth you know i can keep going on and on but uh developing those streams of income you know focus there's a saying like follow one course that's successful and then uh, once you start building up income there you can start concentrating like for example if you see your blogs taking off you're getting your sponsors that start focusing there. If you see your affiliate marketing taking off where a lot of people are buying stuff through your links, focus on there. If you see your online courses taking off by something like Udemy, start creating more online courses. And that's exactly what I've done, you know. Then traveling and everyone my different incomes. And I'm like, okay, coaching is doing really well. Uh, so I'm going to start getting more clients because yeah. it's a great trade of time for money. And then my online courses, they're great because it's passive income. I put on four different online courses and every month, Udemy sends me a PayPal notification saying, boom, you've been paid. 
my YouTube channel. You know, I have like 300 plus views on there and I can see the, the revenue, the YouTube ad revenue. So I'm like, okay, another passive income stream. I have a Kindle book, another passive income stream. So I would advocate for creating both active and passive income streams. So that in a nutshell, uh, tequila is my four steps for traveling the world. If you want to find out more about me, definitely you can check out my daddyblogger.com website and also my digitalnomadmastery.com website. And, you know, hopefully I've been uh, of some value to all of your listeners here today. Absolutely. You've been more than that. Because one of the things that I hear too is that even you're full on. I can maybe attest to some of our, our listeners saying, oh my gosh, he's like, completely out there, <laughs> but maybe I want to go in halfway. And what I've heard from our story here today is what you've explained is that you can go stick your toe in the water, do it from a little bit of perspective, or you can go halfway there, or you can go all the way, such as Daddy Blogger has done and showed us that it can be done. <laughs> so I want to go into a round now to speak with you a little bit, Ricky, because I don't think I can let you get off without asking you some of my personality questions. Because you have a load of personalities. I want to ask you these, okay? So the first one would be, what would you tell your 10-year-old self? What would you go back and tell them about life? You know, I was that shy kid, right? I would say, don't let others judge you. You got to build up your own confidence, you know, and don't rely on others to build your confidence for you. Be confident. That, was, that would be my biggest tip to my high school self and my 10-year-old self. And my next question is always about travel, but I can't ask you that because you've been all over the world. So I'm going to ask you, where was your favorite place that you've traveled to? Yeah, so currently we're at 73 countries on six continents. So I've done a lot, but there's still a lot to go. There's 193 total United Nations countries and the goal is to see them all. So yeah, it's currently at 73. So one of our favorite places has been South Africa. We absolutely love South Africa for many reasons. We love the African continent. We love the people there. We love the landscape, the natural beauty, all these animals, the safaris I mentioned, the food, the cuisine. Cape Town is one of my favorite cities in the world just because it's so aesthetically beautiful with the backdrop of Cable Mountain the ocean and then you have this amazing city in the bowl so from an aesthetic and a visual point of view Cape Town is absolutely striking so yeah I would definitely say Cape Town in South Africa uh, is probably at the top of my list and my wife's as well we keep raving to people how much we love South Africa now it's definitely on my travel bucket list I gotta go there from what you've explained to me just now <laughs> and this ties into a little bit of you just mentioning that you love because you saw the animals there if you could be any animal in the entire world, what animal would you be and why? It's a hard question to answer, but I really fell in love with elephants. And when I saw them in uh, South Africa, when I, I saw them, like, they were so massive. And when you, like, uh, look at an elephant that's, like, two feet away from you in the wild, it's amazing. And the fact that they're so massive, yeah, they're so gentle and elegant and graceful. And uh, just, they're such beautiful creatures. So I really like elephants. They're probably at the top of my list. Wow, wow. And then my last and final question has to do with names. And I like to do that because my name's Tequila and my mom, you know, of course, gave me this name. Long story behind that. But this story is about you. How did you get your name? What's the story behind it? Yeah, you know, I, I think it was my dad loving I Love Lucy. And there's Lucy and Ricky Ricardo. And uh, uh, there's actually an Indian version of it called Rakesh. But uh, my, my parents decided to give me an English name. It's even on my birth certificate because they felt it would be better for my education and my upbringing. And I kind of like the rhyme to Ricky There's no other Ricky Shetties that I know of. So when you Google me, it will just show up like a page after page after page. So it's really good. I'm not John Smith. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Thanks my, yeah, thanks to my mom and dad for the name. Uh, and I always, uh, you know, I, I keep it as Ricky Shetty, not Rick Shetty or no short firm. So that, that's a little bit of the backstory there. 
And uh, it's definitely good if you're thinking of naming your kids, create <laughs> unique names for them. And since you asked me about names, a quick little story here. How do we come up with our daughter's name, Rianne? So we actually combined Ricky and Anne, my wife. So it's Ricky and Anne is Rianne. And uh-huh. we've done that with, with, with our kids, uh, combining our names together to help uh, shape the identity through us, right? Exactly. I think our names is what actually, it's part of our story and what shapes who the individuals we become and who we are. <laughs> Ricky Shetty, I love to say your name. It has been an absolute joy, an absolute pleasure, so much fun to be with you here on Stand Out Be You today. And definitely you have a huge story in you. And we thank you for sharing it with us. And we look forward to seeing more travels and seeing your family. And again, remember listeners, Stand Out Be You. You don't have to be perfect, you just have to be you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today on Standout BU Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you could take the time to share this episode with someone you think would be touched as well, please go ahead and do so. Or if you know of anyone that has a good story that needs to be shared, then go ahead, let them know as well to reach out to me. Also, if you are motivated to do so, please go ahead and leave a great review. I would so appreciate it. And tell us what you think about what you've been hearing. Also, you can leave me a voicemail by going to tequiladotter.com. It will help us so much with keeping this podcast going and helping to reach more people. Until next time, remember to stand out, be you. And that you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be you.